From the Bar Volley Studio, Orlando, FLA. The Dism Plug is coming your way. We'll have some laughter and even shed some tears. So sit right back and listen up with your Mickey Mouse ears because it's the Diz. Oh, the Dism Plug. And fire, we'll clean some house. Remember, it all started with a mouse. Oh, oh, oh the dism plug. I think it's time to get me a mojito. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for the week of October 26, 2011 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, doing a kind of solo show this week, although it's hard to say a solo show because Maxwell James Eccles, Max the Intern, is also in the room with me here. Hi, Max. Hello, everyone. Um, this week I'm going to talk about, uh, about some of the uh, uh, tools I have been using uh, to plan a lot of the travel that I've been doing. Uh, this year, as you all know, I've been, you know, kind of all, Walter and I have been all over the place, and we're about to travel again in a couple of weeks, uh, and uh, have some uh, voicemails that I want to play, and we have news and all that good stuff coming up on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. All right, well, first and foremost, let me uh, say a thank you, big thank you, to Tim Dixon, who recorded the intro for us this week. I thought that was really cool. It was. That was very different, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So thank you very much for that, Tim Dixon. A couple of things in housekeeping. Uh, First, I want to mention that Buena Vista Suites has come aboard as an official sponsor uh, for Dizapalooza for this year. We're doing it at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. For those of you not aware, we've rented out the Wizarding World of Harry Potter for about two and a half, three hours, uh, December the night of December 10th. And uh, Buena Vista Suites has uh, generous, gen- generously contributed to cover the cost of uh, credentials and mailing them out and printing them and all that good stuff. So we want to thank our friends over at Buena Vista Suites, who we've had a long relationship with uh, for doing that. Um, I also want to uh, let everyone know that the backstage magic trip for uh, July 2012 is completely sold out. We're actually oversold on it right now. Now, don't panic if you're on that trip. Oversold for me and oversold for Adventures by Disney are two different numbers. But uh, we are over the limit of what I like uh, on those trips. So we may add another one for next year. We're taking a look at that now of possibly adding some dates. Um, But uh, if it's something that you'd be interested in uh, attending... um, if we do decide to do another one, you can go ahead and email Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and let him know you're interested, and we'll, uh, we'll let you know uh, if, 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 something, uh, if something opens up. Uh, there is room, however, still on our Italy trip Ooh. for May of next year. Really, 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 really excited about that trip. Um, that, is, uh, that has been selling well. Uh, we still have room 
So if you're interested in joining us uh, in Italy next May, it's going to be an unbelievable trip. John and Kevin, Walter and I will certainly be there. But uh, we'll have links to this on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. And uh, let me just explain to everybody why it's a solo show this week. Things have been really kind of crazy uh, for me and for John and Kevin in particular. Uh, last week, uh, the uh, Disney Cruise Line... Uh, whoops, my, my computer's talking to me. Let me shut off my, my volume. Uh, last week, uh, Disney Cruise Line released their 2013 uh, so, sa- sailing dates. And that's always for all of the Disney-centric travel agencies is a very, very busy time. So, uh, of course, they did it the morning we were supposed to record, and uh, dreams got slammed, and so that meant John and Kevin and a bunch of other folks just couldn't couldn't do the show. Um, and uh, this week, it's because, as one friend put it, it looks like Best Buy or the Apple Store threw up in my house. Um, uh, my uh, my, we're having work done on the house uh, in advance of uh, the uh, Walter and I getting married in December. Uh, thanks to thanks to my my sweetheart dog Max, um, who we now refer to as Wedding, because uh, the money that we were planning to use <laughs> to get married, um, you know, was spent opening up his abdomen. Um, but he's happy and healthy and doing well, and so Walter and I are just fine with that. So we're going to actually do the wedding here at the house, and that's given me the excuse of um, getting a lot of stuff done around here that really needed to be done a long time ago. So uh, we've had a lot of work going on. My office has actually just been completely renovated. Completely and, changed. And uh, Max and Walter in particular were just so helpful in doing that. And uh, I, you know, I don't know. if For those of you who work at home... You can probably get a, an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, when you do a lot of work at home and you have a, a home office, a true home office, when anything is like out of place in the office or like the office is like out of commission because you're, you know, you're renovating it, like my life is completely like comes to a halt. I don't know what to, because that's where I that's where I spend most of my time. I spend most of my time in that office, so. You know, when the office isn't available to me, I like walk around this house like I'm lost. I'm like, what do I do? There's nothing to entertain me. So, like, you know, you know, I'll sit in the dark with my iPad and play video games because I just don't know what else to do. So, it's just been kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, I apologize. I apologize that there's been a disruption in the show. But if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that's kind of normal. So, there's that. But uh, I think that's everything I have for housekeeping. I, I, I feel like I'm missing something, and uh, I don't know what I'm... Oh, oh, I'm missing our fundraiser coming up in Richmond, Virginia on... Oh, let me look at the date. Let me look at the date. Let me look at the date. November 12th. Um, uh, I am going to be there, God willing. Dog doesn't get sick. <laughs> I will be there. And uh, it's going to be right after I get back from Honolulu. I'm going out to check out Olani finally. We were supposed to go in, uh, supposed to go in September, but, of course, the dog got sick, and um, I want to go out and see it. So Walter and I are heading out there, along with John and Kevin, uh, next week. 
and then uh, on the twelfth we will be, uh, I will be in Richmond uh, for the fundraiser going on up there. I'm really looking forward to that. Link to that also on the show notes page. Plus, we're going to have links to all the other fundraisers for Give Kids the World that are being planned by our listeners and our site visitors. Um, we'll have links to that on the show notes page as well. So let's talk a little bit about the news. Has been I, I picked a lot of news stories because i got to fill time on this show. Um, but um, first one, uh, Disneyland Paris, Big Thunder Mountain attraction, has had its second accident in only six months. According to the French newspaper The Connection, two guests were injured recently when the front two train cars literally came off the tracks, which is... Like it's like a bad horror movie. It's my mom's worst fear. Yeah, and and she mentions that all the time. I'm like, these trains don't come off the tracks. And whoops, okay, well now they do. Um, Thirty one guests were evacuated, and the attraction has been closed for investigation. In April, a guest was hit in the head by a piece of the attraction scenery, and sister. I don't mean to laugh at that, but you know, sustained serious head injuries. The ride was then closed for almost a month. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of this happening here in Florida. I haven't heard of it happening in California. Not to say it hasn't happened. I'm just saying I haven't heard of it. So I don't know. I mean, if this is something with their Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, I'm kind of glad I didn't ride it now when I was out there. But um, it still doesn't change the fact that Disneyland Paris is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. But uh, hopefully nobody was injured too too terribly in that and you know they'll figure it out whatever but just just weird weird story um less weird and i guess we could file this under the it's about damn time category walt disney world is going to start a new cancellation policy for many of its signature restaurants beginning october 26 which was two days ago um you will now have to put a credit card down when you make a reservation at certain signature restaurants, and if you cancel uh, within, uh, if you don't cancel within 24 hours uh, in advance of the reservation, um, you're going to get nailed for ten dollars for each guest that's on the reservation. And I think, Good. bravo! It's about time the 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 number of people that make seven reservations for the same time because they're just not sure what mood they're going to be in needs to come to an end. Needs to come to an end. Um, according to the policy, new advanced dining reservations, ADRs, made as of October 26 will require a credit card hold. If the reservation is not canceled, at least 24 hours in advance, the credit card will be charged, the aforementioned $10. Uh, there are certain exceptions, prepaid locations like Cinderella's Royal Table, Mickey's Backyard Barbecue, as well as special dining events, fireworks, dinner packages, Victorian Alberts. These locations may have different cancellation deadlines and penalties. Um... There's a lot of questions being raised by people on the boards, as is mentioned in the article. This is coming off the Diz. Um, I'm thinking of a, you know, one person wrote, I'm thinking of a scenario where a child or adult comes down with a stomach bug in the morning, which will necessitate skipping the planned lunch or dinner, or both for that matter, for that day, it could amount to a nice little chunk of change for something you have no control over, especially if the rest of the party can't go. Um, it raises another issue around the question of how a party will be penalized if one or more people on the reservation cannot attend. Um, but 
you know, I, I think Disney will be fair about, you know, stuff. I don't think this is designed to be, this is not a moneymaker. Disney's not doing this because, oh, we can make money off cancellations. They're doing this to, you know, discourage people from doing what I just mentioned, which is make seven reservations for seven different restaurants all at the same time on the same day because they're not sure where they're going to be. Now, seven reservations at the same time, I'm being facetious, but people do this. People make multiple reservations. Um, it's really thoughtless. It's really stupid. Um, it's lazy planning. And, uh, you know, you end, up taking a, you, you end up taking a table that somebody else may really want because, you, you know, because you're being selfish. So um, I'm glad to see it done. I think Disney's doing the right thing. More power to them. You know, I think, you know, they should, like, you know, execute people for doing this. But, you know, this is a good start. Um, the uh, list of restaurants <clears throat> that are going to require the credit card guarantee will be subject to this cancellation policy. 1900 Park Fair, uh, Princess Storybook Dining at Akershus. Don't even bother going to that. What a crap breakfast that is. Artist Point, California Grill, Kate May Cafe, Chef Mickey's Buffet, Citrico's. The Crystal Palace, The Flying Fish, The Garden Grill, which I don't get that at all. <laughs> um, Hollywood and Vine, don't get that at all. Uh, Gico, uh, Le Cellier, Narcusis, Ohana, Tusker House, The Hollywood Brown Derby, Victorian Albert, uh, Victorian Alberts, and The Otsman Steakhouse. Uh, Victorian Alberts um, is a $25 uh, penalty wow. per guest. If you uh, if you cancel that, and uh, and for certain prepaid locations, the penalty will be the full price of meals. Um, Cinderella's Royal Table, Hoop to Do Review, Mickey's Backyard Barbecue, and Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show. Um, so that's kind of I'm glad they're finally doing. It. They've talked about doing it for a while. I'm glad they finally got around to implementing this, and hopefully it makes getting some of these ADRs a little bit easier. <coughs> Three, two, one. For the rest of us that don't have to, don't want to make, you know, 18 reservations because, you know, we may be in a different mood today. Um, you know, just that drives me insane. It just drives me insane. How many people do you think are going to um, not know about this policy and then do it? And they'll be told. They'll be told when they make their ADRs. I'm, I'll guarantee you now they already are being told when they make their ADRs. If you don't cancel at least 24 hours in advance, you're going to get a penalty, um, and they're having to give their credit card. Yeah. So I, I think that just makes people more conscientious. It's a shame that's what Disney has to do, but it's what they have to do. So I, I think I, I, I support them 100 percent on that. So um, another thing Disney is testing out. Uh, guests visiting the Magic Kingdom from October 23rd through November 12th may be chosen to take part in a new trial that utilizes fast passes for prime parade viewing spots. Ooh. Instead of a fast pass machine, cast members will be giving the fast passes to guests in Town Square for the afternoon celebrated Dream Come True parade. The number of fast passes given out may change daily as Disney experiments with the idea. Viewing locations will vary, but should all be in or near the Castle Hub. It must be noted that you do not need a fast pass to view the parade. They will just guarantee your viewing location. Since this is in the testing phase, there is no guarantee that these fast passes will be utilized after the trial period ends. Um, you know, 
I, I guess this is a good idea. Let me tell you what my complaint is when it comes to parades at Magic Kingdom or any Disney theme park. Um, I'm one of those people that will stake out his place mm-hmm. a good hour ahead of time. Sometimes longer, depending on how busy the park is. And I have a firm rule. If there are children behind me, those children can come in front of me. Yeah. Your parents stay where the hell you are. Okay? Just because you can't plan isn't my fault. I'm not going to blame your kids for it, and I'm not going to punish your kids for it. But you, you know, back of the bus. Yeah. Um, what really annoys me are the people who show up three minutes before the parade and then try and, like, squeeze into the three-inch gap between you and the person next to you. Um, it just absolutely drives me insane. And I've got no problem telling people, back up, you weren't here. This is my spot. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, but I think more arguments take place in the Magic Kingdom around the parades than any other time or any other place in any of the Disney in any of the Disney theme parks because it really it becomes people get really territorial and I get it if you got there early and you know you you scoped out your spot that's your spot and nobody else has a right to come in and and you know make you uncomfortable or you know try and oust you from your spot or get in front of you um I, you know, it happened to me once, uh, one of the night parades in the Magic Kingdom. We were right on the curb. And, like, literally, I think it was like a minute before the parade started, some guy, his wife, and his three kids come up, walk right in front of us, and sit in the street right in front of us. Ooh. And uh, when the uh, cast member came up and said, you have to move. He's like, oh, we've been sitting here. And I just piped right up like, no, you weren't. You just sat there a minute ago. I have been here for an hour. Get the hell out of here. Oh, that just pisses me off to no end. I'm sorry. It just pisses me off. But uh, a fast pass system for parades could be interesting depending on how it's implemented. Yeah. But it would certainly, you know, if it's done right, could cut down on a lot of uh, a lot of the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, a lot of the, the arguments that that break out um, over over uh, over the parades. Um, now, something that I chuckled at when I first read this last night, and I, you know, don't send me emails. I'm not, you know. PETA, the organization, uh, people for the uh, ethical treatment of animals. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to laugh at this. Is accusing SeaWorld of keeping five killer whales as slaves. (laughs) Can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, The group is planning to file a federal lawsuit against SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment claiming a violation of the U.S. Constitution ban on slavery. (laughs) PETA President Ingrid E. Newkirk said, quote, the 13th Amendment prohibits slavery, and these orcas are, by definition, slaves. Now, I... (laughs) I just, I just keep picturing orcas in a basement, like chained up to a wall, you know, being pet scraps of bread by like evil SeaWorld trainers. I just, I, the minute I read this, it was like, okay, this is positively ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. 
Um, and I know, I know. Look, I'm not an animal hater. Uh, God knows, I'm not. I love animals. I love love animals. Don't want to see them harmed. But and I and I get the argument about why killer whales and dolphins should not be kept in captivity. I respect that argument. Um, and I I kind of vacillate back and forth like where I stand on that issue. This just this is so insane that you know it's a violation <laughs> of the thirteenth amendment. No, it's not. I'm sorry. You can make the argument that the US Constitution should be extended to animals, but if this lawsuit goes through, then every pet owner in America is a slave trader. Okay? Then I am a slave owner and my dog is a slave. And I I I'm sorry, I think that does an enormous disservice to the memory of people who actually did live as slaves, um, who were not treated anywhere near as well as the orcas in captivity at SeaWorld are treated. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just I have an issue with the whole thing. Like I said, you know, there's part of me that laughs at it. There's another part of me that's a little, little angry about it because I do think it's you know, making a mockery of the Constitution and to a certain degree. Not that, that pets don't deserve protections uh, under the law, and I think the law could do better in that regard. But this whole slavery argument just has me, you know, um, you lose me. You lost me at slavery. You know, up until that point, you want to talk about whether or not it's right for these, these animals to be in captivity. That's a fair argument to make. And I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, but, you know, if this lawsuit goes through and you own a pet, then according to PETA, you are a slave owner. And I, I just, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And I'm very, very interested to see how this, how this all plays out. I'm very interested to see how it all plays out. But all right, that will do it for the news. Next, I want to talk a little bit, not long, but a little bit about an article that was released this week um, by Stefan Kemp, who is a staff writer for a newspaper called The New Times in uh, Broward County, uh, Palm Beach area of Florida. Uh, Stefan had called me, contacted me about, say, about three months ago, that he was writing an article on Disney fans. And uh, he wanted to you know, talk to me about, you know, my story and the Diz and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, in the course of the conversation, D23 came up. And uh, anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time knows, you know, I'm not a fan of D23. I think D23 missed the mark. And uh, I was, you know, equally as honest <laughs> with this reporter uh, about my feelings and it actually turned into more of a profile piece than I really thought it was going to be. I knew I'd be quoted in the article. I didn't think so much of it would be about me. Um, and uh, you know, some of my some of my uh, my my comments were unvarnished, shall we say? Um, which I didn't think was going to be published, but that's fine. I mean, I I'm not saying he he did a great job with the article. He absolutely captured you know. What I said accurately, I was quoted accurately. I stand by everything that's in that article 
100%. I, I thought he did a great job. Uh, it certainly, you know, as it did, you know, when I first kind of became unhinged <laughs> over uh, <laughs> over the uh, the D23 issue, um, it certainly has, has uh, brought about some commentary. I certainly have gotten uh, plenty of emails, both pro and con, uh, since the article was released, there was discussion going on on the boards, uh, certainly about it. Um, and look, you know, some people, I, I, and I don't get this, I don't get this. Why some people are so threatened by the fact that I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not telling you not to do it. Nobody's telling you not to do it. It's, I don't think it's a. I, I think that they missed the mark. Personally, I think they missed the mark. I think there is an entire subset of Disney fans that are completely ignored by D twenty three, and I'm in that subset. Not that I don't appreciate the history of the company. Not that I don't appreciate, you know, Imagineers and the the culture and the history and all that stuff. Which I mean, D twenty three does a great job with that, but. There is another side. There are people who are fans of the theme parks um, and people who are fans of planning trips with Disney. And that's what our site is dedicated to. Our site is not dedicated. You won't find a lot of content. I don't know you'll find any content on the Diz in particular and to, to a lesser degree on the boards about you know the history of Disney and, and Disneyana and collectibles and things like that. That's not the focus of what we do. The fact that the Diz boards are, without question, the largest Disney fan community on the Internet. And it's 95% about trip planning. Should tell Disney and D23 that's an audience there that they're not addressing. Look at the number of people on the Diz when D23 is brought up who say it's not worth it to me. And it's not worth it to them because the, the, the things that they are interested in are not being addressed. And rather than embrace that, D23 has been, in my opinion, really arrogant about it. Has been really arrogant about it. And one of the things, and it was an arrogant comment that I made, I completely own that. It was quoted in the article when uh, I said, D23 isn't the biggest anything if we're not involved. It was a really arrogant comment to make, and I do wish I hadn't made it. But I did say it, and he quoted me accurately. And because I did say it, and I said it on the record, I stand by it. And while it's an arrogant comment to make, it's not completely untrue. Um, the, the people who are fans of the Disboards, the Disney fans who are fans of the Disboards and visit the Disboards on a regular basis, um are a subset of Disney fandom that is not addressed by D23. And until they address that, until they address that and acknowledge that there are these other fans out here, not the one-dimensional view that they take of what a Disney fan is. And let's be honest what D23 is. Disney realized the power and the scope and the influence of the unofficial sites, not just mine, all of them. And this was an effort by them to subvert that. This was an issue, it was an attempt by Disney to get control of the fan community because they don't like the fact, at the end of the day, that sites like the Diz boards 
will call them out on things that they do wrong. And they figure by getting everybody to drink the Kool-Aid, the D23 flavored Kool-Aid, they could mitigate that. And it hasn't worked. It has not worked. It has had no impact whatsoever on the size, scope, or influence of the unofficial sites. From that standpoint, D23 was a complete and utter failure, and a complete and utter failure. And it has failed, failed even after I don't know how many years now, two or three years, has failed to capture, it's been three years, has failed to capture the hearts and minds of the majority of Disney fans. Now, that being said, those are my opinions. Those are my opinions as the webmaster of the Diz, the owner of the Diz, the man who started the Diz. I know my audience. I know the people who are coming through my site. I know what they're looking for, which is why my site has been so popular and so successful for 14 years. And in Internet time, that's huge, 14 years. So we're doing something right because we understand our audience. We understand this audience better than Disney does and have for many, many years. And that's not to say that there are not people who visit the boards who like D23. I do not think these people are wrong. What gets me, just what steams me, is the people that believe in order for their opinion to be correct, someone else has to be wrong. And I don't get that. I really don't. You could have 10 people in a room with 10 different opinions, and no one is wrong. No one is wrong. They're opinions. Mine are no more or less valid than yours. I have a slightly larger soapbox than most. I'll give you that. But one guy, you know, who I didn't think was saying anything wrong, but, you know, was commenting on, on one of the threads, said, you know, uh, you know, that I don't speak for him as a Disney fan. I wasn't speaking for anybody as a Disney fan in the article. Speaking for myself. I wasn't speaking for fans in general. I don't ever presume to speak for fans in general. And believe me, fans in general can speak really well for themselves and do frequently on boards, on my boards and other boards like them. <clears throat> so, I mean, I don't know. It just, it cracks me up. It cracks me up the reaction that some of this stuff gets. And I just wanted to be clear that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't despise D23. But I'll stand by the statement. I think it's BS. And, and you know, I stand those. But that's my opinion. You don't have to agree. No one's telling you you're wrong if you join D23. No one's telling you you're wrong if you enjoy being a member of D23. Look at it. See what it offers. And if it's right for you, it's the right decision to make to join it. And if it's not right for you, it's the right decision to make not to join it. All I'm doing is expressing my opinion. That's it. That's it. So, take a value. <laughs> Calm down. It's okay. No one's coming to take your D23 membership away. So, I just I, I wanted to address that because it was, you know, it was a thing this week. We're in like the middle of painting my office, and Walter's like, "Oh, that was a cool article that was that you know that that you did." And I will because it's been a while since I talked to Stefan, so I didn't realize it had been released. And I'm like, I had no idea it was out. And then, you know, then the emails and the phone calls started. So, um, 
<laughs> Corey, Corey was a little put off because it was like, you know, like I think three quarters of the way down the down the first page of the article. It's like a six page article. Three quarters of the way down the first page was, uh, you know, my response to D twenty three is D twenty three is BS, but BS was, com- you know, said completely, not abbreviated. And uh, I'm like, oh my god, I didn't think he would use that. <laughs> Um, but it was it was it was cool, and he did a great job, and he was a really nice guy. We talked on the phone several times for a long time, and we actually spent a day in Epcot together. And uh, you know, I I really appreciate the way he approached it and the way he wanted to kind of you know show Disney fans, and it wasn't a hatchet piece. It was it was it was well done. So thank you, Stefan, for that, and um, for everybody who has an opinion on D twenty three. Thank you. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's wrong. <laughs> So, all right. All right, next I want to talk about a couple of tools that I have been using religiously uh, this past year as I'm doing my travels. And, and you know, I've been, racking up some, I've been racking up some sweet miles this year. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of complicated travel. It's been, when I say complicated, it's multiple flights and multiple hotels and multiple cities all on the same trip and the older i get the less uh i don't know the less organized i become with this stuff and you know it's my job uh with walter and i my, one of my jobs is to you know be on top of all that stuff and i find it you know i was finding it increasingly difficult to do that so and i'm going to do this as a regular as a regular piece on the show because I think there's some really good technology out there to help you travel. Um, I'm going to focus on two particular tools, the two I use the most. The first one is uh, called TripIt, T-R-I-P-I-T. It is a website. It is also an app that is available on the iPhone, the Android, and the BlackBerry. And uh, what TripIt is basically is a way for you to organize all of your travel plans. What I really like about it is that, you know, you sign up for TripIt and then when you make a hotel reservation or cruise line reservation or airfare or hotel, whatever it is, you forward the confirmation email that you get to TripIt and it automatically inserts everything into your, into a trip for you. Hotel information, location phone number, uh, a confirmation number, all this stuff gets, uh, gets put in. So, for example, I have a trip coming up in eight days from the day I'm recording this. And uh, no, it's not eight days. It's less than that, isn't it? It's like five days. And I did this with this trip to Honolulu. And so what's really nice is it knows that my trip is November 2nd through the, uh, through the 8th. Um, and it knows where I'm staying. We're staying at Alani. Um, it has all of my, my flight information. And again, this is all available on the website, tripit.com or through, uh, the app for my iPhone. And again, if you have an Android or a Blackberry, you can use it as well. And it gives me all the information that I need for this, for this flight, for this, for this trip. And it also allows me, I mean, there are, you know, I can, uh, 
uh, add plans to a particular day, uh, whether it's flight, car rental, rail, cruise, transportation, restaurants, activities, meetings, um, if I need maps, directions, notes, all of this can be added in uh, to this uh, to, 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 your, to your itinerary. And then it's all always available to you right on your iPhone or your, your smartphone. Um, and it is uh, uh, signing up for TripIt. Um, it, it, you know, you can, there, there are two versions. There's a free version and a paid version. Um, you're providing uh, an email address and a password. Um, or you can use your Facebook, Google, or Yahoo accounts oh. <laughs> to sign into it. Um, um, the, uh, the pro version has a 30 day free trial after that it's $49 a year. Um, and it offers you, uh, you know, uh, instant alerts about flight delays, cancellations, gate changes, allows you if you need to find alternate flights wow. quickly. Um, it'll, you can track all of your frequent traveler points, whether it's your hotel points or your. Uh, your, your Delta Sky Miles or whatever or whatever loyalty programs you belong to. Um, uh, if your airfare is eligible for a refund, it will let you know, Ooh. which I think is really cool. It allows you to share your travel plans with people who need to know where you are. Um, and uh, also you get a complimentary, complimentary one-year membership to Hertz Number 1 Gold and Regis Gold VIP car rental and access to 1,100 business lounges worldwide. Um, it's, uh, you know, for $49 a year, um, that's the pro version. Th- first 30 days are free. And I'm telling you, if you travel more than once a year, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. I love this app. I love it. Um, and I, and I've burned through a lot of travel planning apps because it's like, no, this one doesn't really get it right. And this one doesn't get it right. I really loved TripIt. Um, and again, we'll have a, a link to it on the show notes page. Uh, podcast.wwinfo.com um, but uh, at least try the, tr- the the trial version play around with it see if you like it um, like I said I swear by this thing now I absolutely swear by it I I love it um, the other one which Tripit kind of replaces this in a way but not nearly as cool as uh, not nearly as cool as, as this um, it's an app. It's also available for uh, Android um, as well as the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, it's from a company called Mobiata, and it's a Flight Track Pro. And what this does is this tracks flights. Now, in particular, if you have an iPad, this is a gorgeous app. Um, so let's say I've got relatives coming in to Orlando. I have to go pick up at the airport. I'll just plug in their, their flight info, and I can see a real-time, a, map, a real-time map of the U.S. or Europe. I'm in Europe. And the status of their flight, and it shows me like, the flight in progress. And I wow. can look and see like what, you know, what altitude it's at, what its scheduled time of arrival is, what gate it's coming into. Um, and it, what I like is it tracks all of that, and it also not just for you know people coming in or whatever, but for you, uh, it tracks all of your flight info, and it tells and I, and, and this has really saved me a few times, 
where um, you know I'll have a connecting flight, and the minute you get on the ground, I turn on my phone. I get a push message from Flight Track telling me your departure gate has changed, so you need to go to gate you know A twenty nine instead of A fifty one, which. If you're navigating an airport like Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta Hartsfield, um, really comes in handy. And this is actually um, was it when we went to London? I think this is uh, back in September. This is that. That's why I'm, I'm remembering this. Um, that's what happened. As soon as we landed, I turned my phone on. I got a, a message from Flight Track telling me that my gate had changed, and it saved me having. To like a going to the wrong gate, or because when we first got off the plane, I I, I don't trust it, so I double check, and the the monitor was saying that the departing flight was out of the you know, gate I thought it was going to go out of, not what trip what what uh, flight track was saying, and turns out flight track was right, wow. and the monitor was wrong, um, and so far it's been right every time it has not failed me yet. Um, it's a wonderful way to keep track of your uh, uh, of your flights. And again, you can when you set up an account, you can forward your uh, airline confirmation emails right to TripIt. Um, Flight Track and TripIt kind of work together. I think that's uh, I'm guessing because I'm, I'm reading their website right now for flight for Flight Track, and they're referencing TripIt. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing that they're, they're owned by the same company or whatever, but they they're, they work in tandem with one another. So maybe this is why I like both products because <laughs> they're the same company. But um, I, I I I'm telling you, it's now there is a free version of Flight Track, and the pro version is nine ninety nine. Wow. Um, and if you buy it for your iPhone, you can download the iPad version for free. You don't have to pay for it a second time, which is really cool. That's nice. Um, and it's just really nice to be able to see in a you know in a quickly the information that you need without having to sort through emails and you know whatever. So, and again, I, I think for the casual traveler, this is probably overkill. But you know, if but especially if you're managing like a large group, if you've got like a big family group coming to Orlando or you're somebody who comes down here several times a year or you just travel a lot in general, these are two, two tools that, I, that have just become invaluable to me this year as a, as a more frequent flyer and uh, absolutely love them. And I just, like I said, I thought about doing this as a segment because – uh, the the number of travel planning apps I have burned through uh, in the last couple of years is just mind bending because there's so many out there, but you know not all of them are very good. And I found these two in particular. There are others, but I was going to focus on these two for this segment that I really thought uh, they did a great job uh, with these two apps. So it's Flight Track Pro and TripIt TripIt.com. Uh, where you can find these. And again, we'll have links to them on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. All right, next up, um, I thought, there's a, I don't have a, a lot of them, just a couple of voicemails I thought were interesting to play. Um, here's, here's the first one. This is the, from Rita. This is, this is really cute. 
Hi all, my name is Rita Smith, a.k.a. Disney Anna, calling from San Diego, California, to tell you a story that I think should be filed under two categories, very funny and too much information. All right, let me start. Um, I recall um, being a long-time listener, hearing you all say more than once about some of the cool and wonderful places where you've heard that people have listened to your podcast. In particular, I remember you talking about a fellow who works and lives in Scotland who is a long-distance tr truck driver who listens to the podcast and how cool that was for all of you to, to realize how far and um, wide-sprung the podcast has become. Well, in that vein, one thing um, I think the ladies um, listening um, will appreciate is as you know, every year we have our annual um, gynecological examinations. Um, this is nothing to um, that I personally don't look forward to experiencing. Um, not horrible, but it's not the funnest day of the year. So a few years ago, with the advent of the new technology, I started to do something that has actually really helped. Um, instead of just... Um, being there having the examination, I take my iPod with me and I actually listen to music while the examination is taking place. And typically each year, in fact, I listen to one song, My Sharona by the Knack, because it's loud, peppy, and very long. So I can be sure that the examination will be done. Well, this year, what I did was I decided, um, because I had fallen way behind on listening to my podcast, I took, um, I decided not to listen to my Sharona, but I was going to listen to the podcast while having my examination. Um, that's how far behind I was. So while I was having my examination, I'm there. My doctor's used to this. I've been doing this the past three years, and I'm laying there, um, and I play, start playing the podcast, and the doctor starts his examination. And as um, I'm listening to the podcast, I was listening to the um, five-year anniversary show. Um, Pete is talking, and he gets to, oh, actually, I excuse me, it wasn't the five-year anniversary show. It was the Facebook-to-Facebook Facebook show. Pete um, starts going through um, the different um, questions he's going to read, and at one point he says, now this next message comes from Rita Smith of San Diego, um, Disneyana on the boards, who I was lucky enough to meet on a trip um, out to California a few weeks ago, her and her niece uh, before the Fantasmic. When I hear that, as soon as I hear that Pete's reading my email, all of a sudden, again, I'm laying there in the stirrups. <laughs> I let out a giggle and a little ooh, scream of delight. Oh my God. As you can imagine, this um, kind of surprised and shocked my doctor. He looked at me. Um, I looked at him, gave him the way of hope, and said, no, 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 it's not you. It's actually, it's Pete and the podcast team. Oh, God. He looked at me as if I was crazy, and I just had to laugh. And I've been laughing about it ever since. Um, I knew you'd appreciate this all, or I hope you are again, probably TMI, but um, you never know where someone's going to be listening to the podcast. All right, I hope you all have a good day, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, I'll be honest. I only listened to, like, a little bit. Um, that voicemail before I, I try not to listen to the voicemails before I put them on the show. I want to kind of be <laughs> surprised. <laughs> and, okay, I'm very surprised. Um, thank you very much for that, Rita. <laughs> I can assure you that is probably the only time in my life a woman in that position <laughs> has been made to squeal 
uh, listening to me. <laughs> um, that's... <laughs> that's I, I think I'm blushing. I think I might actually be blushing a little bit. Um, that's very cute. That's very cute. Thank you very much for that for that visual reading. Um, and it was lovely meeting you and your niece. Although now, if I never mind, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. All right, on to another one. Um, Allison sent this in about give kids the world. Hi, Jizz Unplugged team. My name is Allison Burke. I'm a bit of a lurker on the boards, but I do post from time to time, uh, mostly on the podcast board. I'm Snow White NYC. The reason for my voicemail today is really just to say thank you, um, a big thank you. I know that you hear this a lot, but the podcast has made a huge impact on me, um, particularly thanks to your work with Give Kids the World and Dave Parfit's amazing segment. Um, I learned about this organization, and it sounds kind of dramatic to say that it changed my life, but really it, it did. Um, since I heard that segment, there has not been a day that has gone by where I haven't thought about this amazing place. And I've made visits down to volunteer, and I've made donations, and I've definitely talked about it with anyone who would listen. But after hearing about the Power of Ten fundraiser, I, I was really inspired, and I decided I wanted to make a big gesture to support this place that I just love. Since, um, unfortunately, I don't have a million dollars to give I decided to donate what I do have, um, my time and my energy and my ability to scoop ice cream. I think that the work that volunteers do at Give Kids the World is just astounding. Um, with so many volunteers on site every day, it just it kind of feels like it's a place that runs on love. And I just wanted to be able to be a bigger part of this army of angels, um, at least for a little while. I realized it would be hard to do this from New York City, which is where I lived, so I did something a little crazy. Um, I packed up my dog in my apartment, and I moved down to Orlando. I'm a brand new Floridian. I'm calling you from my new hometown of Celebration. And I just decided I wanted to come down here for six months and just volunteer as much as I could, get trained to do as many jobs as possible, and just give as many hours as I can. Wow. Um, I've been here for about a month, and it has exceeded all of my expectations. Uh, I think these six months are going to absolutely fly by, and whatever happens, I just I know that I'm always going to look back at this as one of the best times of my life, one of um, the the most important things that I've just had the opportunity to do. It's funny every night when I leave the village, I think that I came down here because. I wanted to give something, I wanted to contribute to Give Kids the World, and every single day, Give Kids the World just keeps wanting to give me so much in return. Um, it's just, it's an amazing place. So I can't thank the Diz team enough for introducing me to uh, Give Kids the World. I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I, I never thought I'd end up living in Florida prior to retirement. Um, but at some point, it just it dawned on me that I was in New York City, but somehow my heart was at Give Kids the World, and huh. I just wanted to fix that. Um, I, I really hope that I have the opportunity to meet and thank some of you in person. Um, I'm constantly on podcast team alert when I'm in the parks, and maybe I will be brave enough to, to go to one of the local Disney meets. 
And um, I really hope I get to meet some Dizzers who uh, maybe decide to come down and volunteer at the village. Um, I'm there just about every day, and if it's been a good day, I'll be covered in ice cream. Um, I will also keep an eye on the, um, the sticky that's on the podcast page about volunteering at the village. I'm not sure that there's much I can contribute, but if there are some questions that I can answer, I would be happy to. Um, it's kind of a, a goal of mine to try and um, take as many of the different shifts um, as possible at the village. So if anyone wants to know how much fun they are, <laughs> I can definitely um, jump in. Uh, again, thank you. Uh, I just think it can't be said enough how much you've done for Give Kids the World and how much you do for your fans. Um, thank you doesn't seem like enough, but for now, it's all I have. So thanks. Wow. <laughs> wow. Allison, I really wish that I had played this when the entire team was here uh, for them to hear this. I will make sure they all hear it, though. Um I'm I'm stunned. I'm stunned by that. Uh, that you picked up your life and moved to Florida for six months to volunteer at Give Kids the World. That's that's extraordinary. I mean, that's that's extraordinary. And and I uh, I I commend you. I thank you. I'm inspired by you. Uh, that's a really selfless act uh, to do that. And, you know, it's everybody has different ways that they can give and contribute and help to make this, um, make this effort a success. And, and you certainly have done that. And, uh, I, I think we'll have to go out of our way to make sure that you run into us in the parks. Um, so that we can say thank you to you uh, for doing that. And uh, uh, I want to thank you for, for sending that in and letting us know about it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Give Kids the World must be thrilled um, to have somebody do that. I, 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 I'm, I'm, that just, it, it's stunning. It's a stunning act of selflessness, and you're to be commended. Um, you know, when you think about <laughs> what some people do, on the internet, uh, what some people choose to make their mission or their t or, or spend their time doing, um, being bullies or being hateful, and then you hear something like that, you know, uh, that's that's amazing. It's amazing, and uh, so let me let me just say thank you to you uh, for doing that. That was really touching. And um, we're going to switch gears just a little bit um, since uh, we opened the show with uh, someone who uh, did a song. Um, one of our listeners, Todd Budkowski, <laughs> decided <laughs> to make a song out of a collection of my rants. So, and <laughs> this is this is funny. So uh, here is here's Todd. Rant alert, rant alert. If you love the rants, sit down, get a cup of coffee. You're going to hear a good one. I, I snapped. I, I have finally snapped, and, and this brings me to my, my rant. The Dizzle Plugs, my favorite show. 
It tells me y'all I need to know The host is Pete He's a real cool dude Just to watch out when He's in a grumpy mood That's right Can I just apologize to everybody right now? I'm in a, I'm in a mood today Stop with this nonsense When Pete picks up A microphone No telling when He might explode I love it when he does his rants. I laugh so hard, nearly pee my pants. This the coffee is so awful, it gets people all upset. How do they make it taste just like these dry excrement and now Pete's man? Disney coffee sucks. We all know it sucks. Can you not pony up the 50 cents a room to put in a decent packet of coffee? The coffee is crap. I know it's crap. I know how it's made. It's crap. It's crap, 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 crap. Resort specific merchandise. A shirt or key chain would be nice. Instead we get generic stuff. Poor Pete, I think he's had enough. D23, Pete's not a fan. Instead, he wants a loyalty plan. But the Disney folks are stubborn. They just don't want to budge. This is what Pete refers to as one big cluster fudge. All resort-specific merchandise has been eliminated. We want our damn t-shirts. Enough is enough. Give us a damn t-shirt, for God's sakes. Give us a damn coffee mug. A keychain. Something. And I get it. I get it. It's a business. Blah, 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 blah. It just bothers me absolutely drives me insane d23 or as i'm calling it doa 23 when Pete's traveling in europe you better not make him rush if you do you might get a rent that would make a sailor blush and i get my rushed through the vatican so that italian lady can get her kickback from the gift shop I'm in Rome! I don't want to eat in Restaurante Americana, okay? I can go to Denny's here. Adventures by Disney. Come in, come in closer. Listen up, listen up. Not everybody eats seafood! And Universal Orlando is run by morons. Flaming, knuckle-dragging, mouth-breathing morons. This coming from the bozos that are responsible for Disney.com. The single most useless information site in existence, and quite frankly, one of the worst designed. If you people spent less time having Tinkerbell fly around my screen, and more time keeping your service from crashing, maybe your opinion of our content would carry a little more weight. I'm not sure what they're smoking in Burbank, but they messed this up big time. Pete's mad. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, Todd, that was uh, very creative and very cool. I just uh, never imagined my emotional instability would be put to music. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> just of all the things that I'm known for. It just cracks me up that it's the rants, you know. It's the rants that everybody seems to get a kick out of. And <laughs> I'll tell you, the team does not get a kick out of it. I will tell you that right now. They do. Not, they sit here with this look of utter horror on their face when I go into my rants. And they're just like, it's, it's hysterical. You could, you could like cut the air in the room with a knife. Um, it's just, it's, it's too funny. It's too funny. But like I said, for me, it's funny, not for them. But, uh, but I appreciate that very much, uh, Todd. It was a little self-serving to throw that in here. But I, <laughs> I, I heard that the, the other day, and I was like, okay, that's really cool. i got to put that in the show. Um, but uh, that is almost going to do it. Uh, for our show, um, another listener, Tom, uh, Tom Karen, uh, put together a little little something as a uh, closing to the show. So we're going to let Tom take us out, and that'll do it for me this week, folks. Um, sorry that it's an abbreviated show, and I'm sorry that it's a little late going up, but uh, wanted to make sure we put something up this week, and um, we will be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening to our show today. And remember, don't go swimming in them gosh darn algae infested lakes. 